today, I'm going to be speaking on um, continuing where Dan kind of infiltrated um, love, you know, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, uh, love yourself, and love one another. I'm going to actually speak more in depth on God, who is love, and love, who is God, okay? Um, so we're going to turn to 1 John 4, 9. And I'm kind of setting the stage, okay? So 1 John 4, 9, this is where the revelation of God's love begins. It, it, it's not where it begins, but it explains how we can understand God's love. Um, the loving act of God started with him for us by sending his son to earth, not only just sending his son to earth to die for our sins, but his innocent son. Jesus was out blame. He had no sin, none. And he was brought down here to die for all of our sins. I just wonder how many of us who have children or who have loved ones would be willing to die for a loved one, who would let our child die for a loved one. Not many, right? I know I'm not, I, I'm not there. <laughs> I can tell you that now. How many of us would be willing to let our child or loved one die for a group, for a cause? Not many, right? How many of us would be willing to let our child or loved one die for a group of wicked people, such as terrorists? Anybody? Well, guess what? We don't have to, and we didn't have to, because God sent his son, and he died for terrorists. He died for the lovable, the unlovable, the fallen, the broken, the lame. He died for all of us. And because of that, it gave us a pass. The whole reason God did this is because it's no point in telling someone that you love them. Because we can say it all day long. I love you. I love you. And I know some of us are activated by words of affirmation, and some of us are not. But words are very powerful. But here's the thing. The word does not have as much weight unless there is an active spirit activating that word that manifests something that is tangible. And so God, to prove to us that we could trust him and that this love is real and it's pure, sent his son. It was proof for us. See, here's the thing. God, in 4, John 4.10, God, it tells us that God loved us long before we ever knew him, before we even had a concept of who he was. He loved us long before our parents gave birth to us, long before our parents were even born. He loved us. And his love for us and his plan for us was not predicated on us loving him back. Our loving him had nothing to do with it. He took all the weight of love. He took all of it because it was his love that, that stirred the love that came down to us to help us, to redeem us, to save us, to empower us, and for us to give out to others. But we'll get back to that. <laughs> okay? Everybody still good? Okay. All right, so here's the thing. <clears throat> God showed us what I would consider one of the most powerful illustrations of love in action ever. And it's, not, it's because he, he sent his, when he sent his son, it did something with love. It put his, his love into motion, okay? And so what happened is, is that as he did this, um, I'm going to go to John 4, 4 and 15. 
He tells us, okay, I got this love, this powerful love for you. You cannot even imagine. But if you accept my son, it begins a journey for you where you can understand how much and how depth, how deep my love is for you, and that my love is unfailing, it's unconditional, and you'll experience my love more than any, my love will be more powerful than anything else you'll ever experience. But it's your choice to receive it. See, God loves you whether you receive it, the love or not. He still loves you. So, but if you receive the love, then what happens is we actually stir the love. Once we receive Jesus in our life, his sacrificial lamb, then we actually encompass God. His spirit is residing inside of us. That spirit allows us to be active in love as well. Now, like I said, I don't think any of us would give our child to be sacrificed. Um, thank God we don't have to. But as believers, God called us to a position not to only just say love or to proclaim love, but actually to act in love, to be active in love with one another. We got to love ourselves because God loved us. So when we accept Jesus, that whole transformation begins. But then it goes on. We don't just stay there with ourselves. The love is, needs to be outflowing to each other. And this is where you see the most powerful acts of the kingdom when you find a body who does well in loving themselves and loving each other. How many of us love one another? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. Well, you're going to be put to test today. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Okay, so here's the thing. When we accept Christ and we are filled with the Holy Spirit, his love is supposed to grow. It grows. It doesn't stay. It grows till it, until it becomes perfect. Now, this thing is, as I said before, love is movable. It's an action. Okay? So I feel, I feel in my spirit <laughs> that we do love well in here. But I also feel there's opportunity to increase that. And I feel that we, in these coming days that we should draw closer to each other and love on each other even the more. What does that look like? Well, if you turn to Luke, 5th chapter, 17th verse, um, it's in other accounts as well. It's in Mark. It's in, you know, the account is given in multiple books. Um, but it tells of a story of these four friends who hear that Jesus has come to town. Okay? Um, and their four, the four friends have another additional friend who is actually paralyzed. These four friends make a trip because they're stirred by love. And they've never met Jesus, but they heard with their ears. And they believe that he does what they've heard that he can do. And their friend, who was paralyzed, their love for him, it, it causes them to take a risk. So they go, and they make it to where Jesus is teaching. He's teaching, in this, he's teaching in a building, okay? Obviously, they didn't get there early because the building was packed. There was no sitting room, no standing room, and it definitely wasn't room to bring in a bed, okay? So in the midst of Jesus' teaching, these loving friends who love their friend so much that they want him healed at any cost, found a way to get on top of the roof while Jesus speaking, and began cutting in the roof so that they can find a way to lower their friend down in the meeting. Because they're feeling, if you know what, if, we, if it's too crowded for all of us to get in, 
We want him to get in because we want him healed. So just imagine, as I'm teaching now, if all of a sudden we heard a loud noise <laughs> above us in the ceiling, and someone, oh, what's that? Maybe it's birds. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. And knowing Jesus, he probably continued to teach because he probably knew what was going on. <laughs> but everyone else may have gotten distracted. And so just imagine, then all of a sudden we see a person on, in our day and time, maybe in a wheelchair or a gurney, being hoisted down right here. Thank you. Being hoisted down right here before our very, very eyes during the meeting. Now, religiously, we'd probably say, hey, what are you doing? This is out of order. <laughs> you have to wait. You have to get back. You're disturbing the meeting. But his friends didn't care because they loved him so much. They loved this one person so much that they took a risk of damaging someone's property, possibly even getting arrested maybe, or whatever the protocol was for back then for damaging other people's homes. And they entered into a place where they didn't know if they would be safe or not, or what the cause would be but they knew that they loved their friend so much that they had faith that Jesus would heal him, and that he did. And that's the type of love that the Lord wants us to share among one another. We're told in the word in John, 1 John, over and over, love one another, love one another. I'm like, my goodness, why does he say it so much? Like, okay, we get it. It's like love one another, love one another. But the Lord expects he expects the love that's in us to continue to pour to one another. It doesn't cut off. It doesn't stop. I'm going to give you a brief testimony. A few years ago, I was um, diagnosed with cancer. At that time, I, I have my, most of you guys have met my husband, Gino, and my children. Um, but we have extended family, and they live really far from us. They, no one else lives in close proximity. And at the time... I did not share my diagnosis with much of my family because I didn't want fear to set in with them. Not me, <laughs> but with them. I knew that the situation was well. Well, let me tell you this. <laughs> the Body and Life Church surpassed my expectation for love. They came out and they did things that I, I can't even name all the things that the body did. People prepared me special dishes. They fed my family. One person took me back and forth to my appointments. Another person came over and ministered with our children. That's love. That's the love of God that he wants us to have. And when I tell you it, it was a blessing and a testament to me and my family, we'll never be the same. We will never be the same. And because of this, we're grateful. And God wants us to be grateful, so grateful enough that we're willing, we're willing to go beyond and above for the next person. Are you willing to go beyond and above your neighbor? Would any of us be willing to give half of our salary to someone else? Yikes. <laughs> We have someone raise their hand in the back. One person. Okay, that's good. <laughs> but just to know that if my brother and sister is in need, I am there. And whatever you need from me, if it's going to a doctor's appointment with you, if it's just listening to you on the phone, if it's praying for you, if it's standing in the gap with you on the behalf of your family members, whatever it is, 
We all have something to contribute. If you have accepted Christ in your life, you are commanded to love others. We are commanded to love one another. It's not just to keep for us in our biological family, but it's for the body, and it's shared abroad. And this is the things that make God happy. The Word of God tells us, when brethren dwell together in unity, what does God do? Anybody know? He commands a blessing. He commands a blessing. Who wouldn't want to be blessed by the Lord God Almighty? Who wouldn't? So some of the ways we can encourage each other to love more, be more intimate, have more fellowships, come together more, visit more, get to know each other more, connect more. Because by this, the world will know that we belong to him. I'll let you in on a little something. I'm considered to be an introvert, but by God, I'm a believer. That's what I am. But my tendency is to go toward being alone a lot. Okay? That's not God. Isolation is not of God because we need one, of one another, and he wants us to work as a unit because the body is not one unit, one person. It's not one local assembly. It's a huge, you know, magnitude of bodies. And so, for me, my go-to, naturally, is to be alone. But I also re recognize that that's opposite of the kingdom. So I said, Lord, I got to get better in this, even though it's uncomfortable, okay? So whenever I hear of someone giving something or having a celebration or whatever, naturally it's like, oh, I'll go. But then by the time the day hits, it's like, oh, I don't want to go. I just want to stay at home or just stay alone, <laughs> whatever. So the Lord said, okay, you said you submitted everything to me. You said that you want to walk in my love. You want to walk in the fullness of my love. You want to grow in me. Then you're going to have to go past your natural inclination of isolation. Okay, let's try it. I'm not going to do it anymore. The next thing I'm invited to, I don't care what it is, I'm going. And I said, but Lord, please don't let it be like a baseball game or a golf tournament or something like that. But, I, but if you say, if it is, then I'll obey. But I'm just saying, I'm just giving you my heart. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, uh, there was a actually event and I said, I'm going, I'm going. The day came, and I'm like, yep, I'm going, I'm going. I, yep, Talia, you are going, you are going. And so I started to mill around in the house, and my husband was like, hey, don't you have something to go to? And I'm like, you don't remember anything else, but you remember that, right? <laughs> and so, so he's like, well, what are you doing? I was like, I, I'm probably not going to go. He was like, Okay, I was like, I'm going. So I forced myself to go. And let me tell you, it wasn't easy. But once I went, I had a great time. I had to keep doing this until it became my default. I had to override the natural inclination of the world to do what I feel and do what the kingdom wants done. 
And so I'll tell you, it wasn't easy, but once I did it a few times, there was such a breakthrough that it's like clockwork. Okay, I'll come. If I'm available, I'll come. I'll make sure I come. So now my husband's like, where are you going now? I was like, well, <laughs> I got to go here. I got to go there. I got to go. He was like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's good. It's good for the kingdom. It's good for me. <laughs> so I'm just, I just want to admonish you to come out of your comfort zones. Because the only way that we can actually show love to one another is that we become vulnerable and that we become intimate. And that's why I shared my story with you guys, is to show you that I have nothing to hide. I am not perfect. I am striving. I am running a race like God admonishes us all to run the race. I'm running a race just like you guys. But I do want to give you a hope that once you get stuck or stumped, question yourself, Lord, how am I doing in my love for others? There was a time in my husband and I life that when we first became believers, a few years into it, um, we, we just, we were so, we were very zealous as well, but we were so excited about being kingdom people. But at the time, we also had seven children. Okay? So, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. And at the time, I was a stay-at-home mom. And my husband worked a job. We didn't have a business then. So finances were very tight, but thank God that we didn't lack anything. And he blessed us always because our heart was always to bless the kingdom. Let me tell you this. I'll give you this quick testimony. Um, we were over a marriage ministry at our old ministry some years ago. And we had said we wanted to bless all the couples. They had been struggling. There, there were things that were happening between marriages and some marriages had never been on dates and different things like that. So him and I said, we wanted to bless them. So we told all the couples of our marriage ministry, we're taking you guys out to a very nice place, so-and-so, so-and-so, in another area, whatever, where they had never been for a nice meal, and no one is paying, okay? So needless to say, the day before we were supposed to do that, <laughs> um, there was some incident out of the blue where there was a mix-up with something, and so we didn't have the finances to do it. So I can feel myself begin to fret because I'm like, I want to honor whatever my word, because I feel that's very important and that's integrity. So I was like, Lord, I, I don't understand this. I was like, but you know what, Lord, my heart and my husband's heart is to bless these people tremendously and show them your love. It's not about us. We just want to bless them. So Later that day, my husband and I, we were gone the whole entire day. We came home. I got the mail out the mailbox, whatever, whatever. And so I'm going through the mail, and then I see this envelope that's addressed to me. And in the envelope, now this is the part that I love because God is so awesome. He doesn't even need us. He just wants us. <laughs> um, so when I opened the envelope, it was a check in there addressed to me from a previous employer that I had worked for years ago, okay? So here's the thing. When I worked for this employer, I was not married. I did not live at the address I lived. And, I, and when we moved to our house that we were living in, when we got the mail, we, I didn't do any forwarding of addresses. How in the world did this company find me to give me this check? And the check was the exact amount I needed to take all the couples out to dinner. 
I'm telling you, it's all him, and I praise him for it. And there have been countless stories where I'm telling you where I trust him with everything. And so if he tells me to love you, I'm going to love you, and don't try to stop me. <laughs> and don't fight me for the check, Suzanne. <laughs> And so all I want to say, and then we're going to take communion, um, I just want to say this. Um, the Lord gave me this, and it's, it's as, as, we, as we come together in love and as we let love flow and let God's love be fluent between us, um, we become more intimate with the Father because we, become in more, we walk more in the knowledge of knowing him, okay? And the more intimate we become with him, the more his love grows and mature in unity among us because it becomes less about us and more, I mean, less about me and more about us, whatever's best for us and not what's best for me. And as we continue this, the Lord tells us that if we continue along this path, what happens is his divine nature is manifested within us for others to see. And that's the whole point of him infusing us with his love, with his hope, we can trust him. And we should be walking epistles that men, that to be read by men so they can see that we trust him. And we trust him and love well together. So you know what? We're going to get, can everybody stand up? I'm done. <laughs> see? Wasn't that long. <laughs> we had a lot going on today, so I just feel released to cut it short. I'm going to pray. Um, Father, we thank you. We lift your name up high, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you have caused us to love, oh God, by the greatest act of all, of love, by sending your son here for our sins, oh God, to take the blame, oh God, so that we would not have to receive punishment. We wouldn't have to receive the penalty of our sins. He took it in our place, oh God, and we thank you for it, Father, and we thank you, Lord, that the love that is already resonating in this place among us, O oh God, that it will be strengthened, O oh God, that it would increase in the coming days, Father. Lord, let your love reach, hallelujah, heart to heart. Every gathering we have, O oh God, let it be saturated with the love of the Father. Let it be saturated, O oh God, Lord, that we can get to the point where we do think of others more than ourselves, O oh God, that we will be willing to risk it all, for our brothers and sisters, oh God, that we would be willing to become uncomfortable for our brothers and sisters, oh God, because we know in doing this, oh God, we bring glory to your kingdom, oh God. So we thank you, oh God, for you are love. And as we take communion, Father, that we share again in the fellowship, oh God, of what took place and released us, oh God, Hallelujah to our destiny in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.